everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am your host, John Yamasato. Joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. Hello. And Devin Dekoba. Howdy. Before we begin, let me remind our listeners of the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. You can go on to SoundCloud, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and download the podcast. While you're there, rate us to five stars or give us a like or any of that stuff. And finally, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com. Of course, if you want to be a donor supporter of the show, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There you can get uh, more involved with the show on the music side as well. Everyone is getting shirts, our $10 and up uh, patrons. It's all coming up January. Everybody's getting a shirt uh, that Kyle designed. It's pretty awesome. So uh, I think in the next um, couple of uh, pot. Uh, yeah, podcast will will show off what those look like. To oh, support, wow. I was gonna go. I was gonna go get mine now. <laughs> oh, well, not the podcast shirt. They're gonna get the new updated high session shirt. Just the high oh, session okay, okay. show shirt. So yeah, I gotta. Uh, I think at, at some point in time we gotta give them a little extra bonus and get them a the podcast shirt because that's cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's a sweet looking I, shirt. Yeah, it is a nice soft. looking shirt. No, your audio. Huh? Your audio is soft. Oh. Uh, okay. Turn up the mic. You can turn yourself up a little bit, Devin. Uh, to support Devin, uh, you can listen to Kumu 94.7 <laughs> FM in the morning. Uh, you can go to highlife808.com to see Kyle's designs and his shirts and the, his clothing wear. And, of course, you go to Etsy, Wandering Sea, for masks and crafts from my wife. It's been quite a week, guys. It has been quite yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of news. I just saw today on Twitter that Max Holloway got engaged. Going to be yeah. getting married soon, so we're going to send a shout out to our buddy Max out there. Congratulations! Wow. Congratulations! And he's also headlining a fight in uh, January 2016. So a lot going on in that guy's life. Um, Has he been with the same girl all this time? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, get involved in too many people's personal lives, but <laughs> because I saw it on Twitter, I thought it would be yeah, nice to just give a shout out. John Veneri is in the waiting room, so I'm going to have him come in oh, already. Oh, he's here already. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are back with John Veneri, our guest today. Oh, nice. Ah, okay, yeah. We'll get into a little bit of toys and Star Wars. I was kind of like stalking you last night, checking it out. And I know you got uh, some pop culture interests. But John Veneri is a, a uh, I'd call it a sportscaster, a TV producer, an overall personality, um, journalist. You do a lot. You do a, you're a busy guy. I have done a lot. Thank you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not as busy as one may think, but, you know, but it's, but it's good. I can't complain too much. Yeah. Now, now I met John on the set of uh, Sam Choice. Well, I don't know if I met you there, but I, I, I got to hang out with you it, on the set of Sam Choice cooking, cooking a few years ago, which was awesome. And you introduced yep. me to the bug assault, which changed my life. Oh, which I have downstairs, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, man. it's one of those one. it's one of those things like you know people tell you oh um oh you should buy this you should watch this or they do recommendations and it's never really as satisfying or lives up to the expectations but the bug assault is is amazing yeah yeah it is it's good fun i also just bought one of those uh I saw it on Instagram. It's a it's a rack like it looks like a tennis racket, but it's you know you know the kind that like you can yes. win. Yeah. yeah. But this one you you stick into the base and then you can flip on the light and it turns onto a purple. Oh light. yeah. And it, it, oh, it's so amazing. I have two of them just in my garage because if I close the garage and I want to keep the door open and let the air go through, I want to kill everything that's in the garage, right? Yeah. Right. So satisfying to go <laughs> and then see them. <laughs> Does it, does it kill the big ass roaches too? Like those B fifty two roaches? Would it kill it? Thankfully, I, I knock on wood. I haven't seen any of those in the house or in the garage. But the, but you know the little ones seem to the little ones seem to crawl underneath the door. But yeah, um, it's mainly I have it up, so it's mainly for like the flying moths or the flies. Ah, uh, for those of you who don't know what the bug assault is, it's a it's a gun. It's a little air pump gun that shoots a shotgun blast salt. of salt. So while you're out barbecuing and whatnot, you can take, take your anger out on flies. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. You know when I'm bored? Uh, better not, ah, what the hell, I'll just see it. When I'm bored, <laughs> I just wait for my dog to shit in the yard. And I just oh, stab yeah. plug assault and just kill flies all day. So you're, splatter, so you're splattering the shit all across your yard. <laughs> well, fun. it is fertilizer. Yeah, it, it's fun, man. I mean, I guess it's all right. All right. So I had to do a little bit. I got to admit, I had to do a little bit of prep for this podcast because uh, I, I had to look up to see if, if UH was even playing. I, I don't know anything about sports unless we're talking MMA. I'm going to be completely useless here. However, I can, talk, I can talk MMA too, although I haven't, I'm not up on current champions, but. Yeah, no, no, but uh, I have here. Okay, so we have Saturday UH playing Boise State. They are a 14-point underdog on the betting lines. What are you expecting, Mr. John Veneri, on Saturday? So I made this mistake a, a, a long time ago. I've been doing UH broadcasts for 25 years now. So it was, uh, for, I started off on the sidelines, and for the last, this is my 11th year now in the booth as a color analyst uh, for ESPN Honolulu. But I made the mistake a long time ago, and, and I made a prediction on air. And I said that we were going to lose to Fresno State. This is oh. years ago. Oh, no. And we beat Fresno State that day. <laughs> and I, I don't bet on Hawaii. Hawaii, I don't have an NFL team. Hawaii is my team. I'm an alumnus. I played for, for University of Hawaii. I, I don't bet on them, but I cheer for them. They're the only team. And I, and I made the mistake that day, and man, did I catch major cracks from folks that were like, see what, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like, so I don't make predictions, but I do not like the matchup. A Hawaii football team currently is very unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, they played very well against a, a Fresno State team to start the season that, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, hadn't reached its full potential or game speed yet because they had only mm -hmm. had a few days of practice uh, together before the Hawaii game. They are now destroying people, which is not good, but good for us because <laughs> we don't have to play them again. Uh, we, we got beat by Wyoming. Uh, that That's a tough place to play. They stayed on the road. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, it was very cold up there, right, at the time too? Oh, yeah. It was uh, The day we got in, it was minus 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> but But when they played at night, it was like in the 30s, 40s. Oh, so that, that's cold, but not nearly as cold as, yeah. That's the kind of cold where if you were to be outside with no undies, that your testicles would just go <laughs> right up into your gut. Oh, I, I that's, that that's not fun. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, oh, yeah. I, I have a policy. <laughs> testicle. <laughs> uh, but we play Boise State. Uh, Boise State is un actually the next three weeks we're playing undefeated teams, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, Boise State's undefeated. Um, Nevada's undefeated, and so, well, I mean, they got to play. Nevada's got to play this week, but Boise's a very good football team. What well, what makes well, I feel like ever since I, I watched UH football or I even paid attention, Boise State was always a really good team. What what makes yeah. them so good? Well, you know, they had they did some good recruiting way back when at the end of the nineteen nineties because we we uh, used to play Hawaii used to play Boise State when they were Division Two or FC. What is it? One double A or whatever. But we used to play them and schedule them as one of those win games. You know the winnable yeah. games. The tin can. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere, somewhere down the road um, in the the late nineties, maybe early two thousands, they just started to recruit a hell of a lot of guys, and that's not a good, like that's not an easy place to recruit to. It's a big yeah. field. It's yeah. really cold. But they just had a string of really good football teams that ended yeah. up attracting more players in the years to come. So they've yeah. just been good ever since. And then, Peterson was a Peterson was a huge help for them as well, right? Because I mean, yeah, that was that was really big. His, his he really kept it going. Yeah, his recruiting really, really did help. Yeah. Um, and then you have that string of good years, and then you go to the what was it, the Sugar Bowl they went to, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and they they were just amazing. And that just kind of it just the, it snowballed for them, which was a good thing for them because. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they've been good ever since. They used to be the games that you would schedule to win, you know, yeah. to get a win on your record, but not anymore. <laughs> and now we go, not the blue field. We got to go play right. on the blue field. <laughs> you know, this year is a weird year, be, a weird year because normally Hawaii schedules, so Hawaii is in the mountain division. I mean, the, the Pacific division or West division and <laughs> Boise is in the mountain division. And 
there's a switch off every two years. You play a home and away, and then you don't play them for two years. You switch off. So like there's Boise, and then there's Air Force. So you play another team or two teams in that division. But this year, because it's weird, we're not, they're, they're not doing divisions. They're not doing the mountain mm. or the west. Oh. One division, they schedule the games, and it's the t- top two teams in the entire conference that play in the, uh, the conference championship on the 19th. Um, so it's just a weird, we weren't really supposed to play them, but I'm glad that we're playing them here and not there. So how is life like, you know, you being a sports announcer and kind of deep into the football season of COVID type football season, what is the biggest challenges you guys face? And what's the weirdest thing you've been experiencing? Like I can't imagine seeing an empty Aloha stadium while the game's being played. Oh, especially, so here's the weirdest thing. An empty stadium, because we've been to a few now that are empty. Wyoming is actually the only place that allows, but to every other stadium we've been to isn't allowing fans. But the weird thing is to hear in your headset crowd noise. Mm. So if you, watch NFL, if you watch NFL, they're pumping in crowd noises. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I thought actually Hawaii has done the best job. We've only played one home game um, out of the four games that we've played so far. And they actually have done a really good job to make it sound like a regular game. So there's like band atmosphere. When you hear the crowd and Hawaii does something good, they pump up that volume of the crowd. It actually mm-hmm. sounds like a game. So the so, weirdest thing is, is looking out, seeing no fans, but hearing them in your headset. But does the football players on the field hear the crowd noise? Yeah, they're pumping it through the stadium. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just yeah. through the feed, like the yeah, television feed or whatnot. No, it's not. No. I don't yeah, know the about thing. the NFL, but it is throughout the stadiums that I've been to. So I had I this think they played through the studio. I think they played through the stadium because the, the players feed off of that. I mean, yeah, 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 there yeah. is no crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure it's weird for them too. But, you know, as a player, I've been asked this too, what I thought about it. But, uh, you know, the players don't really hear that kind of stuff. They don't, you don't really hear it. Like the only thing I remember hearing when I was playing was my dad's whistle. He'd go, oh. when he wanted me to look over and he had something to say or he, oh, wanted, wow. to scold, or he wanted to scold me because he used to be on the field. He'd come from his, uh, his solo bike. He was a police officer. He'd come from on his solo bike from work and he'd, he'd be in the tunnel to watch the game. Oh yeah. Oh. He didn't want to be bothered. He didn't want anybody having to yell around him. He just sat there and he watched and intently watched what I did. And if he had something to say, he'd whistle real super loud and I'd hear it. It's the same whistle <laughs> that told me I needed to come home when I was a kid. So. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle, go ahead. No, I, I always had this, I, well, during COVID, I had this idea of what if they opened up the parking lot of a little stadium and treated it like a drive-in movie where you could watch the game on big, a big screen from outside the stadium and they could hear the cheers from outside the stadium. In, well, you know? I, I'll take it even a step further. And it, let, let me just tell you this, that it's not, the, it's not the stadium and it's not Hawaii. It's not the university that's keeping the fans out. It's the state. The state mm-hmm. is what's preventing fans from coming in because I can take it a step further for you. What about having 10,000 fans, which, <laughs> as you know, on a bad season is hard to get anyway. But what about having 10,000 fans? and spread them out or uh, there's really no bad seat in the yeah. house. Yeah. You could spread 10,000 fans or, or 5,000 or 7,000 Boise. Sa- I mean, uh, Wyoming said they let in 7,000. It's a smaller stadium than ours. Yeah. Mm. And so you could let in 7,000 fans and spread them out along the lower bowl and be safe that way. And mm-hmm. if it's, you know, if it's, it's team pods or, I mean, a uh, family pods or whatever, you could have that. Yeah. But, it's uh, it's it's a it's a state thing. They're just not allowing it. Well, that would that would make sense, right? And this is the year of nothing making sense. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. so, I mean, we just had didn't don't we have another mask mandate now? Yeah. Well, it just it yes. just started yesterday. Right? It just started yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Which is awesome. kind of like what what the way that they've been telling us to do anyway. You know, right. wear the mask when you're when you're indoors. Try to keep your social. So it's, it hasn't really changed, but now they'll give you a ticket for it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta wear them outside too. So don't forget to do that. Yeah. Not now. Traveling in for you, John. Pardon? How's traveling been for you? It's a little nerve wracking. I'm considered to be. Um, so the radio broadcasters for teams across the country are considered to be in the team bubble, and so I test three times a week with the team. Wow. Um, wow. So that I can be around them. 
mm-hmm. of course, socially distanced and wearing masks, but to be around the team. Um, I test three times a week, even when we don't travel. Today's a test day. Thursday's a test day. Um, we just got back. So I test with them when we're on the road, um, which allows me to come back without quarantine. Um, but, the, you know, just, uh, man, cause, because my fiance is a nurse, I wipe down everything on the mm. planes and I'm, I'm wiping down the, the hotel room. And I guess just knowing that it's around and could be there, you just think about it. You're constantly thinking about it. I try not to, but one thing about being at a football game or even traveling, it kind of for a little while makes the world feel a little normal. Mm. Yeah. So well, considering she is a nurse, I mean, what kind of conversation did you have to have with her? before the season started because it was sort of oh there's no conversation she's like this is what you'll do (laughs) (laughs) and i'm I'm like yes dear okay (laughs) she's really good she's she was we were already doing a lot of the things uh washing our hands we were already doing a lot of that stuff before this pandemic even started um it's it's just gotten you know now it's just tenfold we just we just do a lot of it we're very careful are you sleeping in a tent in your backyard no, I don't sleep in a tent in the backyard. Um, but uh, you know, I know that I know you're joking, but you're not really joking either because, <laughs> because I have a tent in the garage, and if I have to, I would. But I'm not. I'm no, I actually I actually know couples that do that, especially couples that are first responders and stuff like that. They've been separated for months, you yeah, know, from yeah. home just to be safe. You know. Thankfully, she's not exposed the way you would think she'd be exposed. She works in the clinic, um, and so she's not exposed to to the patients that way. And, and if anything, they're super careful. I mean, there was a time where I think a lot of nurses and doctors made enough noise that they weren't getting the proper equipment that now they are being fully funded and getting, I mean, not, I don't know about fully funded, but they're at least getting the things that they need to be safe. Is there still a chance? Yeah. Is there a chance you can get it by touching a cart at the grocery store? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you do what you can do. You wipe down things when you can. Um, when I come home from traveling, I, I close the garage door. I strip down, I spray my bags with Lysol. I spray my shoes. I wash whatever, everything that was in my bag gets washed. Um, I wipe down anything that I may have touched, whether it's the control pad or the garage. I mean, you know, you just, you just overthink it. Right. And, 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 and really it's, it's not a bad thing if you're overdoing it a little bit. Although I got, who was teasing me because I put the cooler out in the sun Everybody was teasing you. Everyone about was that. teasing me. Teasing you, man. I did. I, did, I put. You I put, put my. Oh, I, cooler. You put the dishes. Oh yeah, I put, put my dishes out in the sun. Out there, man. I had a COVID scare a couple of weeks ago, and I put my dishes out in the sun to Ken. They're like, "Why don't you just put it in? Just wash them." I'm like, "Well, the sun kills the coronavirus," and everyone jumped on my back about that. Well, I don't know about that because it survived through the summer in some of the hottest places on the planet. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, but I guess it, but 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 I guess it won't survive your hot sun in your backyard. No. That's right. Or the, or no, it's dishes. it's the yeah. UV light. Come on, right? That's why we have to inject ourselves with the bleach. <laughs> right, what are you What are you injecting? I'm just being dumb. No, no, no. Uh, but uh, but even like, uh, oh, man, I'm forgetting everybody's name. The doctor, that ER doctor that came on. Um, he was saying that he puts his uh, masks up on the dashboard. He doesn't. And that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do that. Dara, Dara. All right, that's right, Dara. I hang mine from the mirror just so I don't forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, been a, there's been a couple of times where I popped out of the car to go into the grocery store. And I'm like, oh, you know. And you're like, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is masks, man. Do, do you go, so do you go jogging with the mask on? I can't do it. Oh, well, no. And then I, I, not outside. Well, right. I'll, go, I'll walk the dog around the block or whatever, but I don't. I won't wear it. I'll, but I have been taking it with me in case somebody's passing by or whatever. Or I'll just lift my shirt over my nose. But at the gym, uh, in the mornings, oh. I, I wear it, it, and it, and it's not easy to do. I mean, you're breathing up into your face, and you're like sweating. And I got I'm I'm 40 plus years old, and I have a zit. <laughs> God, what is going on? But I mean, I do it because you know. I've heard stories about people getting it in the gym. I, I'm crazily wiping down stuff. Even though I get there right when the gym opens, I yeah. still wipe it down. I know they wiped it down, but I wipe it down again. So, mm. Yeah, the gym is one thing, but uh, I, when I jog, it's outside, you know, on the street, 
and uh, I see people with masks, and I just think. Wait, time, 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 time. When yeah. when did oh. you start jogging? You jog? What? Oh, the last <laughs> last few weeks, I've been the my daughter wants to jog, so she's been. I have to go with her. Oh. oh. Although she okay. shakes cool. my ass. She's 11 years old, and she's way faster and has way more endurance than me, and uh, it's pretty sad. But <laughs> we jog about two miles at a time, and usually she gets to her destination and she's coming back. By the time I'm like, you know, so I just turn around and I go back. So I don't know if I do the whole two miles, but. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to my world. It's like, man, oh man. I mean, I can't even hang. I can't hang anymore. I just, I, I'm like, I go to bed early. I wake up early. I eat early. Eat early dinners. I'm like my. I'm like I've turned into my grandfather. Well, if you guys are waking up at three in the morning, that is amazing to go to the gym and. It, yeah. So what what are all your projects you have going now? So we can kind of get a, a grasp of why you have to be up so early. Because I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I try to work out. So up at 3.30, leave the house by 4.30, right? Go to the gym, be there by 5, so that I can be there by 5, and I work out for either half an hour or an hour, depending on how busy I know my day is going to be. If I'm going into work, because we'll do a week in home, we, we trade off. Tanya and I trade off. We do a week at home, week in the studio, or, or two weeks. But right now, because I'm traveling, work makes me stay at home when I come from traveling for a week after my travel date. So I work um, at home. So I'm working at wow. home all, all this week. I'll be in the studio next week. So if I'm going in, I leave, at, I leave uh, the gym at 5.30. I get into work at 6. Start writing the show. Shows live 9 to 10. I'm either doing home interviews or now we're doing on-location shoots. So basically, my workday takes me till about one or two. It's not okay. that bad. Okay. Um, that's the that's the that's the 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 main the main gig at Cape Chuan, living eight oh eight. Yep. When we're we just film a sh uh, we just finished filming uh, Sam Choi's in the Kitchen, the season five. We we wow. finished filming season five, so we're done with season wow. five, um, and we're in reruns. Uh, but when we film Sam Choi's, it's usually during my workday. So I end living 808 at 10 o'clock and then I head to the I head to the the shoot with Sam again the day doesn't usually go past four um mm -hmm. so I mean, they can be long days they're tiring mentally because I'm talking a lot right um well not, but, you're not just talking a lot you're talking on the spot in front of a camera which, yeah I mean but the great thing is it's ad-libbed and Sam and I work really well together it would be really different if Sam weren't such a great guy and yeah. as you know, because you worked with him, you saw him in action for himself. He's such a good guy. I mean, he's he's a he's a great, great guy, and he's a world-renowned celebrity. I mean, so mm -hmm. it's so much fun um, working with him. <laughs> Plus, the food is super good. And, and let, I know. Let, can I? Can I wait? Can I put in a? Can I put in a vote to go on the show? Like any time you need yeah. somebody to I not cook something I correctly. I see your in the or... back. We can get in there. <laughs> now, Dev, I'm gonna go to your house, Devin. They're gonna get cooked out. Make my wife freak out. She'll be like, what? People always, people always ask. People always ask. It's staged, right? It's staged. Well, you know, when we go into somebody's house, they know we're coming. So sometimes they'll buy some stuff that they want to see them cook or add to whatever they have in the left, in the you know, for leftovers. Have we been stumped? Not yet, but it's but we've gotten close to not having enough stuff. Shannon Scott, for instance, we shot at his house. <laughs> Rutta had three chicken wings, <laughs> some Sinaloa, some cheese, a cucumber, and some tofu. And uh, Uncle Sam made uh, cheese pizzas. He cut the cucumber into a bowl. We made a sauce out of some of the stuff that he had on the door in the refrigerator. He put it into the cucumber. And uh, he made tofu poke. It, I mean, we had a, a fantastic meal that day. And we That's thought, great. oh, my God, he had chicken wings. We're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, I can attest that that show is completely on the fly. He is making things up as he's going. And when we did the shows at uh, Kalei Gamiao's house out in Haleiwa, and Kalei had prepared, like, there was stuff there that they wanted him to cook. You know, I mean, that was pretty clear. But I mean, even the dressing, he just made his own salad dressing out of the yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, oh, wow. grab me some mayonnaise and grab me some of this. And you're just kind of making it on the spot. And um, the guy's a genius because <laughs> the yeah, food is so good. 
it's really helped my cooking. I thought I was a pretty good mm. cook coming in to it five years ago. And man, I, I just feel like I could open up my own restaurant. And in fact, that might be something that I might want to do in the future. Mm. Oh, yeah. So don't be called Eat that. Johnny, Eat Johnny, Eat. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know what to call it yet. Um there's already a KJ's. My fiance's name is Kelly. Uh but and then there's already a Johnny's Rocket or Johnny Rockets. There is a Johnny's Rocket. <laughs> but I don't know. But it that would be way down in way down down the line. We have in fact I mean like right now I'm compiling stuff that you know like I I've, I've been making stuff and she's got some great recipes she's a great cook and so it's we've been doing some stuff in the house and i always say let's let's remember that one let's mark that one down mm -hmm. are you making stuff up on are you making stuff up or do you have yeah. some of you it want to make some of it is made up and then some of mm -hmm. it is following family recipes and the family recipes we we alter a little bit maybe just to our taste whether it's spicing it up a little bit or or dumbing it down a little bit uh maybe we didn't have an ingredient that we needed and it still came out good. So we'll, we'll just, I, you know, let's remember that. Let's mark it down, save the recipe. So I email myself the recipe. Hmm. Wow, cool. Yeah. Nice. Let's go back okay. to your, uh, your childhood days. Where, where, where were you born and raised and what school did you attend and all that kind of stuff? Okay, so um, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, born in Brunswick, Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah, born in Brunswick, Georgia. My dad was in the Navy, met my mom in Georgia. My mom is from Georgia. Um, I made a year old on the plane coming back home. Uh, my family, wow. my, my mom's side is from uh, Georgia. Um, my dad's side is both from Maui and New Jersey. My grandfather uh, lived in New Jersey. He met my grandmother when, in World War II when he, had, he stopped over on Maui before the Battle of Leyte. Um, <laughs> and, and he was involved in that. And uh, so... He, he promised her he would come back. She was in high school. It, it, I've actually started writing a screenplay for this, by the way. It's a love story that oh. I think should be told. Um, I've done some research on how to do movie screenplays. And so I've actually started writing it um, oh. because I think it's so amazing. My grandmother's 93 now, but she lived on Lanai. Uh, Lanai. She's from Maui, up country, Makawao. Um, super Portuguese. <laughs> I say super Portuguese because we are Sousa. And Paressa. <laughs> Double. No chance, Paragi. man. No chance on that one. Wow. Man. So, yeah. So, so my grandfather ended up uh, surviving the war, came back as promised, married her, um, took her to New Jersey, had a couple kids, moved back. They, they stayed here. And the rest is history, really. So, born in Brunswick, Georgia. Went to uh, Kahal Elementary because my grandparents lived across the street from the mall. Um, and we grew up in Kaimaki. Then I went to Starve the Sea, uh, Starve the Sea Intermediate. I, I guess it would be called middle school now, but back then it was a seventh and eighth grade. You guys know you're almost my age. Yeah, yeah Starve the Sea Carnival. Yeah, we used to run that. My dad used to do security over there all the time. Nice. My, grandparents, my grandparents sung in the choir uh, at Starve the Sea. So did I. Um, and then I went on to Kamehameha, and that's where I went to high school. And then I got recruited from Kamehameha to go to UH. And, and where did the and what did the TV production? Was that something you always thought of no, doing? Or? Yeah. No, I wanted to be a police officer. Um, uh, and, and then take it a step further, I wanted to go federal. I wanted to do, be like FBI. Uh, but so I, I had started college off. <laughs> I started college off as thinking I, I was going to go into architecture. Funny story. And um, my coach, Paul Johnson at the time, who was the offensive coordinator, moved on to Navy and Georgia Southern and Georgia Tech. The, the, the classes for architecture were later in the afternoon. So he told me, he said, John, do you want to play football or build fucking houses? <laughs> <laughs> All right, coach, I want to play football. So yeah. <laughs> there, went, there went architecture. Uh -huh. my, my original thought was to maybe be a police officer. And then... Um, in 1992, we went to the Holiday Bowl. I used to do a lot of interviews. Mm -hmm. Like, they always come to me to do interviews. I used to imitate coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And so, in 92, they asked me, when we went to the Holiday Bowl, we were at SeaWorld, and they asked me to kind of host, a, a, like, a, a little show for back at home for K5. And I did. And Jim Leahy told me, he's like, 
after that, he said, you need to be on TV. You should be on TV. Change what you're thinking. My dad's like, yeah, I don't want you to be a cop. You should be on TV. <laughs> so I started taking broadcast journalism classes, but I graduated with sociology. Um, I was double majoring at the time. I, I was doing psychology because I wanted to go into the FBI. I thought that might be the route to go political science, psychology. But anyway, I dropped that and I, so that I could graduate in the years that I was being covered by my scholarship. I graduated with sociology. Ah. And I took a number of broadcast journalism classes. Mm. you know english speaking speech all that kind of stuff so theater. i even did theater so when i met you it was probably right after your college days with you and agent heart working on hawaiian style that was, was no ah you're getting old my friend that was in <laughs> high school that was in high, I was school. In high school marshall maramoto our track coach yes ah. worked, worked for you guys yes worked for, worked for hawaiian style kahala yes and locomotion Mm -hmm. So he got us the job. So we, we ended up driving delivery vans. Yeah. This, wow. was, this was right out of high school then or during high school? During, during high school. And then, um, and, then, um, and then once we got into college, well, because Agent Hearts was a year behind me. But once I got into college, I stopped. Yeah. Oh, okay. Somehow I just thought you guys were older kids back then. I, I don't know why. It's no, weird. we were just, no, we weren't. We were just younger kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, which you know what now you know what that means, right? Yes, you are older than us. Yeah, yeah. I am older than you guys. All the way older than you, man. It's all good. Yeah, and you know, uh, speaking of the FBI, yeah, I used to love watching uh, X Files, and um, but you know the one I've always I've never thought about law enforcement or any of that kind of thing just because uh, I'm a wuss, but. <laughs> the one, the one movie. Did you ever see the movie McMillions? It's a documentary. No. So it, it's about. Remember back in the day when they had the McDonald's uh, Monopoly game, like in the '90s when it first came out. Yeah. There was this big scam. This guy was basically ripping off everybody. He was rigging the game, and the FBI. Yeah. So for so if you were playing Monopoly back in like '91, '92, '93, that first run of Monopoly. It was a completely rigged game. There's no way for you to win because there was people at the top screwing with the whole who, who, was, who was winning. And he's basically running yeah. a little bit of a, a circuit and profiting off this McDonald's game. But anyway, the, the FBI caught him. And it, so they interviewed the real FBI agents and they told the story. And I was like, well, that would be kind of a cool department of FBI to be in where it's like, you know, it's not – ridiculously dangerous you're dealing with like uh, white collar crime and stuff like that's a lot of paperwork and things like that but it was so interesting and i can imagine when they finally brought that guy down how satisfying you know would would be to catch that the the crook guy you know so it's, I, it's just a, I, I didn't i didn't want to catch crooks i wanted to i wanted to protect the president that's kind of what i was oh, oh secret service so okay yeah. okay well secret that would have been interesting yeah i can see you doing that man I wasn't looking so much at doing uh, the whole uh, investigation. It's funny, a classmate <laughs> of mine actually, uh, after 9-11, got into air marshals and um, ended up doing exactly what I wanted to do. He ended up protecting the president for like eight years. Wow. wow. Yeah. I would imagine you being a more serious John Venere, though, if you ended up being a Secret Service agent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah At least on the surface. It wouldn't be as fun, you know? Things probably would have changed a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my dad went from being an uh, insurance salesman at Occidental and Prudential to being a police officer. And oh, I, wow. There was an, there was an immediate difference, and there had to be back then, even yeah. now. Yeah. Hi, mom. That's that's my <laughs> wife. Oh, hi, wife. <laughs> they just John Venera just said hello because he can see you in the camera. Yeah, it's a good yeah. thing she was wearing clothes. I know. <laughs> good thing. All right, but I'm not. It's a good thing, and it's a good thing she cannot hear what you're saying. So okay, right on. Anyway, and she and she doesn't listen to the podcast either. Yeah, yeah, no. So we're good. We're totally good. To yeah. So, John, um, I, I wanted to get back to the the UH team a little bit, only because, um, you know, the, all of us have all been uh, University of Hawaii football fans for a while, and you know, we've seen the the ebbs and flows of the team and all that stuff. I think this is the first year and I don't know if it's the, the COVID thing or what, but like, I can never remember our coach's name. 
And I don't know if that's a good uh, thing or a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like every time, every time I'm like, oh yeah, we're playing, we're playing San Diego State. And wait, what was the coach's name? Like what? And I don't know if that's, that's part of his personality is to kind of be a little bit more mellow, you know, because we had June where June was larger than life and all these things were going on. And now we got this guy who just sort of, he wears his little wood lay. Well, we had, we had, the, the, we had Roller, although he's catching cracks for him. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to figure out why he didn't wear it last game. Um, which I don't know the answer to that, but, uh, you, you know, Todd Graham came in, um, after Rolo left and mm-hmm. took most of his staff with him. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think for the few times that I've actually spoken to him because right when he came in, I mean, he, he was recruiting and out and then, you know, usually I get to know them pretty well throughout spring yeah. and then yeah. into fall camp, but we, we got locked down. So there was no real opportunity for me to really get to know the guy or for real for me to really dispel some of his his character rumors yeah. that i've heard about or or to really you know right now i meet him the day before the game we talk uh and we talk football there's really nothing else other than the other than that and that's just how it has to be right now it's it's unfortunate mm-hmm. I don't know much. I don't know much about the guy. I hear some of the same things that other people have heard about why he's left. But even um, when you look at what's on paper, which is really all I can do, he's been successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's been he's been successful at some of the places that he's been. And um, really, when it comes down to it, that's all that Hawaii fans, especially Hawaii football fans, really care about: wins and losses. Mm. They want they want a good guy. They want a crazy guy. They want a, a guy that can, you know, that they know is take care. If you're a parent of one of the players, they want to know that you're taking care of the kids, right? They want to know that you're being fair, that you don't treat them uh, wrong. I think for the most part, and in, in the beginning, I'll go back for a second. I trust Dave Matlin's judgment. I like Dave Matlin. I've had numerous conversations with him. I like his character. I think he's become a great athletic director. If he says Todd Graham is good enough for this program, then I'm going with it. I, 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 I mean, the exclamation point goes right after that. That's a period. There's really nothing more I can say about that. Yeah. Has he, has he got the wins and losses? Not yet. He, there's, still a lot, there's, still, there's still a lot of question marks on this football team um, on, on what, what team will actually show up every Saturday. I really don't know. And I and, – and, I see good things. I see not so good things, but I'm not the coach. I just call the game the way I see it. That's it. And yeah. it's so I hard mean, to judge them in a COVID environment too. I mean, this season, you know, to me it has an asterisk on it, you know, because everybody was hampered by this, this pandemic, you know, so yeah. to judge him and his performance on this season is questionable too, I would think. Right. The, the good thing about that asterisk is that the players are going to get a year back. So if you're a senior this year, you're gonna get you're gonna be a senior again next year. You'll have oh. that year back. Yeah, these eight yeah. games almost almost are like preseason. They're almost you know what I mean. Like yeah, they, yeah, count, yeah. they count, but they don't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. So I mean, other than that, you're you're kind of right about that. You just really you know it's like a season. It's it's eight games. You know, usually we play thirteen. There's mm-hmm. there's a conference championship, but there's probably not a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, in our future, there's certainly not a Hawaii Bowl that would be, that was a game that was made for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I just I uh, I have to say, you know, my my dad, <laughs> my dad, uh, when when the games came on, they're like, "Okay, seventy bucks." My dad, not even blinking, he's like, "Okay, order the game, order the game." He don't even care. He's like, well, "Whatever costs, order the game." But uh, and I I sort of went okay, and then we I started watching, and I went, you know, we've got some really good skill players. I mean, I, I yeah, and and. Honestly, I, you know, I, uh, I'm, uh, I, I, I didn't play like you played football, but I mean, I played way back in high school, and uh, so I can spot certain things. And go, okay, our team has really good potential in certain areas, and there's certain areas that they they really got to work on. But it's um, it's nice to see that the players are trying. It's like he he really has them wanting to succeed or wanting to try, which is not always the case, you know, when you have a new coach and you got eight games and it's COVID time and you're playing yeah. to an empty stadium. I mean, it's amazing. He gets the boys to get up and play. So I give him credit because yeah. he just came in and to be able to, 
to be able to work that, um, uh, I think is impressive in and of itself. Well, a good leader also has some good people around him. I think he's got, yeah. I think he's got some pretty good coaches around him. I like GJ mm-hmm. Kenny, um, the offensive coordinator. Uh, mm-hmm. He's down to earth. He, but I mean, again, I haven't spoken to him much more than, you know, I see Rob DeMello's sports reports about him and his wife and stuff. And I, I like the guy. I really do. And he, yeah. I sit down with him as much as I sit down with Todd Graham. Oh. Um, Victor Santa Cruz, the defensive coordinator, is my teammate. Um, and, oh, oh, that's and, right. And I, and I love that guy. I've kept in touch with him. I, 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 um, I put in a good word for him when this job came open because I thought maybe he could be a good head coach. And I think someday he will be. Wow. Uh, the same reason why I liked Rolo coming back and coaching. Yeah. I liked what Rolo does offensively. I liked what he did as a player, but he was a player here. And so yeah, that's what yeah. I, I really like that. Do you have to yeah. be? No. Do I think Rich Miano would be a good coach? Yes. Do I, I just like somebody coming back that wants to be in Hawaii because it's, this is a different place. Yeah. Yes, it's mm-hmm. paradise. Yes, there's beaches all around us. It's not an easy place to recruit a player from the mainland whose parents wow. can't see them in person every week. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just not easy. And I was so gonna... it takes a certain person to be able to bring a guy here from Massachusetts, New York. I mean, yeah. past – Anywhere past Texas, even from Texas, yeah. some teammates from Texas. Um, yeah. It's not easy. I was going to say, has that hurt? That must have hurt our our football program all these years. That just the turnover in coaching, right? Because I I feel like other teams, their head coaches stay for a long time, and ours seem to always be changing out. You know, I think it's again. This goes back to just how much how much of a commitment can we make to a guy that that will then turn around and make a commitment back. I mean, I think there were some poor decisions based on, based on how much they could pick coach. I think we got lucky with Rolo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I yeah. think we even, we even got lucky with June, although June was getting paid quite a bit back for, for back then, that was a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when, you know, Rolo, Rolo was getting paid, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, and I'd, be, I'd probably be wrong if I gave you. So I'm just going to say it around a guesstimate. I want I want to say he was getting paid as one of the least, one of the maybe the second least highest paid person in the conference. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. That's not good, mm-hmm. and that's that's hard because then you got like I said, a good leader brings in good player, uh, good people around them, good coaches. You can't pay them. You're you know you know. That doesn't mean you're not bringing in good people because Rolo had a lot of good coaches around him. Mm-hmm. But to keep a guy when you're being offered – now, could Hawaii offer $3 million a year? No way. Mm-hmm. But you, if you're happy in a job and you're getting paid and you're not thinking about how little you're getting paid, then maybe you're not looking as much. You right, know right, right. I, I would hate to think as the, of, of the head coaching job in Hawaii as a stepping stone to something higher. I would like to be – I would like to see – a Victor Santa Cruz who coached the Zuzu Pacific at a division two level used that school as a stepping stone to become something better here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. So until we can get some state backing until we can get some state funding and some, uh, some private support like, or similar to that of when June Jones, the coach, you're going to see guys come in and out. It's going to be a revolving door, whether it's one, two, three years. Um, and then occasionally there's going to be a mistake. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. Fred Van Offen was a mistake. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But the record, the record kind of spoke for itself on that one. But yeah, I mean, that, those were difficult years that I tend to forget about. I like to forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. Norm Chow struggled. Norm Chow was a good offensive coordinator uh, in the NFL and at USC. Struggled here being a head coach. Part of it is personality. I mean, he's my cousin, so I can say some of these oh. things. Oh wow. Um, like I said, the press of family is pretty large, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and I rooted for him. Um, wasn't very personable. You know, it was hard to talk to him. And, and after a while it became, you know, a win. It's same with Von Oppen. You lose games, you get treated a little differently. Todd Graham's going to find out the hard way if he loses this week and next week, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to find out that the fans here in Hawaii may turn on him a little bit too, a little sooner than he thought or would have liked. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, give us, before we go into our break and we, we take a quick break, give us one uh, hopeful sign for the, for the UH football team moving forward. 
Oh God! Did you watch, <laughs> did you watch last week's game? Uh, <laughs> Uh, dude, oh, it was brutal, man. That was brutal. I will, I will say this: if Hawaii can, if Hawaii can protect Shevin Cordero, he's a special, he's a special player. I, you know, last year I thought Cole McDonald was genuinely the perfect fit for the starting quarterback position. I thought that Shevin needed to work a little bit more in the weight room, hmm. and um, I think that he, I think that he showed in the first game against Fresno that they're, that he's pretty brilliant at the quarterback position. Uh, there has been times even in the losses against Wyoming and um, less, uh, not as much in this past weekend's loss um, to San Diego state, but he, he's pretty brilliant. He's, he's, he's definitely somebody that, that can run this offense and can make it look good. What mm-hmm. he needs is the guys up front to give him some time when you're being sacked seven times and you're being rushed out of the pocket, another 11, yeah. that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's really difficult because yeah. Here's your bright spot besides Shedden. We lost a couple of really good receivers last year, guys that were tops nationally in receiving mm-hmm. yards and receptions. Mm-hmm. We've got some really good receivers this year. Mardner, Calvin Turner. Uh, I'm going to forget a couple. I don't want to name them. Uh, Bowens. Um, there, there's, there are some really good receivers um, in this core. But you need some time to give them. You need, you need time. <laughs> they need to get open. They need to be able to get open. You need to give That's them time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can't be. Um, it can't be all quick routes on the inside. It's, it's hard too because, like Calvin Turner was, he was recruited by Rolo, and it's yeah. hard because you, you know that you, you want to see the same kind of offense because it was so exciting. This mm-hmm. is not the same offense as much as you'd like to think it is. It's an RPO, but it's 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 not the same as the run and shoot, and so. Um, if they can somehow figure out their identity, because in the first game we, you ran for over 300 yards, mm-hmm. then, you, then you pass for a little bit more in your win against New Mexico. Can't seem to get it together in Wyoming or San Diego State. If you can kind of find that happy medium, I, I think we'd be all right. But all mm-hmm. right is kind of still not good enough. This team mm-hmm. has a lot of work to do for sure. So it's not a. So what is it? Is it a, they're they're just trying for a more balanced attack? Is it a more of a spread offense? What are no, we this is a about? team that's definitely and 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 admittedly so by Todd Graham that it's a team that will take what it can get. It, it's a team that will oh. take what the defense gives them. Okay. If you're if you're putting three men in the box, you're going to run the football. If you're putting yeah. five in the box, you're gonna you're gonna throw some routes. The thing about it is if you don't have pr- – if, you, if you're getting too much pressure from the corners or even up the middle, uh, you know, because San Diego State did a, a really good job of disguising coverages, they, mm-hmm. they, uh, disguising stunts. They did some things up front that they jumped around a lot, um, and it messed up the offensive line, I think, you know. And if you can really kind of get that ball out quicker, because that was something that Todd Graham said too, they said the one-two ball out. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't do it. Receivers were yeah. being covered, you know. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I, I think I know football and as much as I've played football, I, I, I don't quite know the answer. Just everybody's got to play a little bit better. And, and <laughs> that's, that's, that's about it. You know, the, the players say 111th, right? If everybody's doing their 111th, if they're doing their job, then it should fall into yeah. place. Because yeah. then if everybody on the field is doing their job, the 11 guys on the field, then it really does come down to out-coaching the other team. You really do mm-hmm. got to find out how to out-coach the other guys. Um, and I think, uh, I think the coaches are trying to feel that whole way out too, you know. They're, they're new at this too, especially here in Hawaii. And mm-hmm. some of them are new, uh, new at coaching against the Mountain West teams. And so Fresno State had no idea what we were going to do. And then we took advantage of it. Now there's, mm-hmm. now there's a little bit more known about us because we're on film. They can watch the yeah. film. Yeah. Do we have to get better? Yeah, because everybody else is getting better every week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, are some bright, there are some bright spots. I think you said it. Um, the the skills the skills position. There's a yeah. lot of really good players there, and the defense yeah. is playing really hard. Yeah, it, it's the one thing that I you know you have to give them every game is they come out and they play. They play from the from the start of the game to the end of the game. There is no I don't see any players taking a taking a playoff. You know, yeah. so it's it's really good. It's really nice to see. Football's a hard a hard sport to take a, take some time away too. There, it's hard to, it's hard to slack on the field because you take cracks if you do. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, you, yeah. you can't you can't really lollygag. You got to go 100 percent or else you're gonna get hurt. It's one of those sports, you know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And everybody's well, trying to keep also a job, too, earn a job, that kind of thing. 
Well, the thing is, though, you as a player, you were never that guy either, right? I mean, even as a in your time at UH, I mean, you were always the hustle guy. I just you wanted know? to play so bad. I stayed home. Mm. I, you know, I had a lot of um, options to go away to smaller schools, Division Two, Division Three. But to get recruited to go to the University of Hawaii and be able to play in front of my family and friends, um, it made me work harder. And and on top of that, I I had to walk on. I was invited on yeah. and I had to walk on. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to earn a scholarship. I didn't want my dad to have to pay for school. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, that created a lot of hard work. I did whatever I had to do to be able to make myself better. Oh, shoot. Did I, did I freeze up? Yeah. yeah. So I just said that. Part again? Um, I had to work harder than I think a lot of other people because I walked on. I was asked to play, but I walked onto the team. And so uh, it made it that much more, I was more invested because I wanted to play more. I stayed home. I got recruited by a lot of smaller schools, Division Two, Division Three, Linfield, those teams in the mainland. But mm-hmm. once I got recruited to play for Hawaii, it made it that much more of like a mission for me. I knew that my family and friends would be at the games. I knew that the, that the state and the place that I live in would be watching. And so I worked hard because I wanted to play one because I walked on and I wanted to earn a scholarship so that my dad didn't have to pay for school. But when I got on the field, when I finally did get on the field, I wanted to be able to produce for the team and for my family. I wear the name on the back of my jersey. I wanted to make them proud. That, that was what motivated me. What was the what was the thing you were proudest of when you were playing? Is it the your pass catching ability? Is it the blocking? Is it you know you, you, know, you sacrifice your body or the, what was the, the thing the that you feel thing, that you hang yourself on? The, uh, it, 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 I think it was that I worked hard. That was that was the thing that I. If somebody said you're lazy, or you didn't work hard enough, that would ruin me. That would that would mm. hurt my soul. I think working hard, earning a scholarship, being, being um, known as a decent player. I mean, I don't have, I don't have all the touchdowns and you know, I didn't have a thousand yard, you know what I mean? I didn't have all the stats, but to know that I played and that I started games and that I played for my team and I want to, you know, where is it? I want to ring, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I keep, you know, because it, it means something to me. So I keep it near it reminds me of how hard I worked. And if ever I, if ever I start to feel tired, there's a pride thing there. I'm not pride. I'm not prideful in the fact that, Oh, look at me. I'm prideful in the fact that I have people that I represent, not just myself, but people that are proud of me um, and expect a certain thing from me. And that's, that's that's what motivates me. Cool. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about this, uh, John, in, in the sense of how that, work ethic translated into your your business life afterward because again you're a hardworking uh, uh, celebrity if I put it that way and I also want to talk about uh, which trilogy in the Star Wars uh, universe is the best and the worst so but we need to take a break we're gonna do this part on our patreon section so we're gonna say bye to our casual listeners right now we're gonna break and go to our patreon section so we'll see you all in a little bit and uh, we'll be back with John Veneri Peace.